Hey guys, this is Clarity with CK. Thank you for locking in again. Today we have on a special guest, Mr. Brian. I'm going to let him introduce himself and then we'll pick it up from there. So what's up, man? Hey guys, I'm Brian James, author of the audio drama, The Wolf of My Sheep, discussing a lot of stuff about mental health, along with some other interesting social commentary. So that's who I am. What's it like, man, being an author? It's interesting. I always liked writing. It's a little more, you no, know, some people like to sing, some people like to dance. Mm-hmm. Everybody have their little thing. I always prefer to write. Writing right. was my outlet. And I write somehow like I talk. So it's really conversational mm-hmm. and very detailed. So I don't know. Uh, it's pretty fun for me though. I honestly enjoying it. I just wrapped up season one of the finale. Comes out June 18th. And I'm already writing season two, which is going kind of crazy (laughs) yes when did you know that this was your calling that this is something that you wanted to do and this is your way of expressing yourself I'm in therapy so I go to therapy sometimes twice a week and she suggested that I do journal entries just Mm -hmm. to see like reflect on where things are at a certain point in my life and I can go back and see like how much I grown since then because sometimes that you don't know your own growth or you'll downplay your own growth and you know that's a part of like self-worth and all these other type of things you don't give yourself enough credit insecurities <laughs> so she suggested I did I do that and I think when I got to a certain part when I reflected on a time I got raped when I was a teenager I let someone read it and they just kept reading it was like oh my god this stuff is so engaging and then I let someone else read it and then they kept telling me the same thing so by the time I then got to so many people, I was like, you know what, let me just try to reformat it and then put it out there and maybe it'll start a conversation with people who need to hear it or help someone else understand that they're not the only one who went through X, Y, and Z. It's super interesting. I was actually already writing down some questions for you because you've put down a lot that I could chew on. Um, it's fascinating how you took some traumas and some things that you know could have broken you and you took them and you put them in, in, in a form that allowed you not to just let it out but also to inspire people who've gone through the same things right that's okay. super impressive man where did you find that strength to go from you know some traumatic events uh, into therapy and into not just putting down these things that you went through but also letting other people into your world and just before this this episode we were talking about you being an introvert for instance and yes. so it's it ain't easy you know opening it up and you know so can you like walk me through it and um tell me a little bit more about it okay so a part of my healing process was accountability taking accountability for your actions your decisions your life and understand that the repercussions of said things were a choice that you made on your own volition it wasn't it wasn't out of duress and I had to stop trying to place the blame or fault on someone else and just say that I was a willing participant in everything, whether it was good or bad. I had the, um, the option to walk away or say yes or no. And I decided to actually move forward with that in that path, which in turn led me with this result. So that's how I ended up in therapy because I was like, 
really depressed. I was dealing with like a lot of depression, insecurities. I just got like this volatile type of relationship where I kind of lost myself within that relationship. And then to find that the person I lost myself in the relationship for or with was a completely opposite person or they was the same person and I'm just seeing them through, you know, clear eyes. It was kind of traumatizing and it's, it was always kind of hard for me because I'm the type of person, like you can do something and I used to like hit you back 10 times as hard. So anytime someone would do something to me, I'm like, no, you're not getting away with this. Like, I just go above and beyond to hurt you. You know, because I'm like, you're gonna understand not to do this to me. And I, I found that I was actually doing that in a way to get get my strength. And it ended up being the villain in most situations because, you know, instead of walking away of being the bigger person, I turned into this entirely different individual who take things to the extreme. <laughs> so it's just about willing it back. I'm on medication now. I'm all for it. That's how I ended up in therapy. I wanted to kind of get out of that downtrodden space I was in mentally and emotionally and find a way to get free from that and understand it and try to like pinpoint what the issue actually is. So I think when I decided to um, write everything down, I kind of like was able to reflect on it like, oh my God, so mm -hmm. this kind of like why I'm like this. And then this happened, so I think like this, like, you know, I was basically slipped a Mickey and stuff in my drink. So that's probably why I'm like, oh, don't drink. Or somebody like, um, you want some weed? And I'm like, no, it makes me paranoid because I had got high and drunk and that's what ended up making me in that situation. So I just noticed like all these little things kind of connect to each other. Got it. That's a lot of self-awareness, man. That's uh, impressive once again, because not everyone is that aware of, you know, their, their, most people are aware of their strengths, but not out of their weaknesses or like weak points or things that could actually like you know push them into being the people that they don't want to be so it takes a lot of courage to look within and to you know just see yourself for who you really are and then correct what's there to correct because you know we've we all have traumas we all have uh, our own stories but not all of us actually take the time to not just let reflect but let alone like even write them down like you did and then be able to connect these dots and be like well this is why i'm that way so i should probably like correct it this or that way so would you say that um writing down your i don't know if it's like your life story but some moments of your life is an extremely powerful tool to you know uh, better yourself self-awareness is something that i learned to do will be because i find that oftentimes people want to be portrayed a certain way and they have this idea of who they are but everybody around them like see this whole different person you know because like dating someone you might get this version of that person which is probably shitty or i'm sorry um not yeah, the yeah. best yeah. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh as a friend, they might be wonderful. And then as a child, they might be a little, you know, whatever. So it's mm. just like all these different faceted points of where your personality is that you have to accept all of those different things because they are, they are like you. You know what I'm saying? You might, like I said, yeah. they might mm. think you're wonderful and this other person might think you're a, a d-head. Mm. Yeah. 
and both can be true. They both can be true. So you have to be able to just understand, like, just because you want to be, you feel you this type of way, you have to understand, like, it's contrast to that. You're not perfect. No one's perfect. And that's what I realized. Like, I'm not perfect, and I embrace the imperfections. Yeah. Why do you think that is, though? It's like, like you said, we're all multifaceted, but sometimes we're, um, you know, great siblings or whatever, great, a great parent or a great partner, but some people can't be all that all at once. So where do you think that comes from? I think it would be kind of weird for someone not to. If someone was just like picture perfect, that would seem like a little bit robotic. It won't seem mm. like mm. human to you. You won't receive that well. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like yep. you're talking to something that isn't really a person. It's, you know what I'm saying? So I think those things, having so many different layers and textures and all these different um, opinions and thoughts and perceptions of who you are from other people and yourself, that's what makes you human. Hmm. Interesting, man. Um, let's talk about something that we, you know, briefly chatted about before this talk, racism. Given that you're someone who, who moves quite a bit, how do you feel about the situation and the, you know, the current state of affairs in, in America in regards to racism? I think it's business as usual. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we going to say? Like, at one point, you got better? It's the same. What's the difference? Like, what's going on that's different? So nothing, I, to be honest. nothing. And that's mm-hmm. the problem. Nothing different is going on. So when they ask me about when I think about it or be asked about it, I have no comment. I'm like, I know that yes, in the morning, the, yeah, the morning time sun is gonna come out at night, <laughs> the moon. You know, in America yeah. you're gonna be racist. So that's how it is. And it's so weird to me that the enemy of my enemy would rather be friends with the enemy than be my friend. Like I can meet a Hispanic person and you hear people say build that wall and they'd rather be friends with people who said build that wall didn't say Black Lives Matter. They would, mm. they would be opposed to Black Lives Matter but be okay with these people talking some build that wall. I just don't understand that. Meanwhile, we over here talking about like, okay, that's racist. Don't say build that wall and you know, why are you trying to put kids in cages and deport, you know, like everybody's immigrants. Why are we doing this? You know what I'm saying? So I just find it so crazy. And I think black people in general have Stockholm syndrome. Like all those people who try to, I think those people who try to rationalize and uh, make light of it, I think it's a form of Stockholm syndrome because you're not ready or willing to accept what is going on. Like you would rather live this facade to make yourself feel comfortable by the state of affairs but for me, looking at it, I'm like, we dealt with this in the early 2000s, the 1990s, the 1980s, the 1970s, the 1960s. Yep, ain't nothing changed. Ain't nothing changed. So I'm just like, is that, I have no comment. <laughs> what's what's the wildest what thing that, that happened to you in that regard? Um, I moved to Seattle for a month. It's mm-hmm. primarily Asians and Caucasian people there. Uh, very few black people in mm-hmm. Seattle for some reason. Um, I moved there and I was new. I was new to this place. I was just getting out the military and I asked this lady for directions. I'm dead with directions. I get lost walking a straight line. And she literally clutched her purse and started running as if I was with the robber. For reals. Yes, and Dang. another, so I have an episode that's coming out Friday called Nigger Dick. 
it's about my job, whereas I had someone who wanted me to come over and I was under the assumption that it was a massage, but they really wanted a couple's massage, but they really wanted me to be a caco. And I was like there and I wish I can somehow play a little snippet for you, but it would make it make sense. But it was so weird because it was like out of a, a movie or something. It didn't seem like real. This job, dealing with these people, the situations I find myself in sometimes, it don't feel normal. It's like I'm on a TV show. Anywho, they wanted me to have sex with the wife. And the husband was like massaging my shoulders, talking about, yeah, my baby loves black cock. And then she talked about, my daddy loves to watch me take it. And they was like early 50s, mid 40s, early 50s. White and people, right? They, yes. They wanted me to wear baggy pants, a white beater. And then when I got to their house, I didn't wear it. I only wore like some jogging pants because I don't have baggy pants. What year is this? Uh, I know, right? So I get there. And he, they have on like this one. She looked like Christina Aguilera, an old, ver, old woman version of Christina Aguilera from Dirty Video. If you remember that video with Red Man, um, look it up if you don't. It's a nice song. Okay, and he had on some baggy pants, boxer briefs, no shirt, and a hat that was tilted to the side. And you know, he was like, "This shit is like my nigga," and stuff like that. And, and he was white like, once again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So once I told them, I didn't. How do you feel about that? Like, I asked him not to call me or say that word in front of me. He just kept downplaying. Like, no, no, we all friends here. I don't want you to bust a cap in my ass and stuff like that. I'm not lying. And um, wow. Yeah. After I kind of rejected their advances, the wife was like, "I don't like this one, Daddy. Buy me another one." Buy me another one. Another one. Damn. Yes, and as I was gearing, how did you keep your like, calm, man? In those situations, I'm at their house, and it was like on a lot of acres of land, and I'm thinking to myself, like, they could technically say I'm an intruder and kill me. Yep. Hell yeah. So I have to just play along. I did call her a bitch um, when she said nigger a final time. And she said, get this uptight nigger out of here. And this like, is 2021. 2020. 2020. Damn. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. And where was this again? Highland Park, Texas. Okay. Holy yeah. shit, man. It was, it was a really big house. It was like... They was well off, and you wouldn't like when I saw them. I was like, they had to be playing like pretend. Is it common to come across these type of people? Not as overt. Hmm. And how does one deal with that afterwards? Because you know that shit Therapy. doesn't stop there. Okay, therapy, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the only way I can like. Because I have this issue of suppressing, 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 and then boom, Got I go it. crazy, and I have to learn to talk through things as they are affecting me so if I don't like how something is going or what someone said or how something made me feel then I'm more vocal about it I'm like okay let's stop right here this is not gonna work for me I'm mm. gonna, you know boundaries you need to either yep. change it or I'm I'm leaving I'll use that in my 
And it's so crazy because I lacked boundaries prior to therapy, meditation, all the other stuff. I lacked boundaries because I was so content with being the bad guy. It was kind of like enticing because I even wrote about this. I'm like, so in one of the lines in my show, it's like, the thing about being the hero is that you have to constantly show up, follow the rules, bound by the perceptions of others, their thoughts, opinions, and interpretations of everything you do. The freedom of being a menace, the ability to do what you want, come and go as you please. I mean, no holds barred, unadulterated fuck shit. So I did find being the bad guy enticing. It made me like, you know, everybody needs antagonists. And oftentimes you remember that person more than the good guy. Because the good guy is boring. He's bland. You know what you're going to get. You know, because we all are anti-heroes at this point. We don't do everything right. You know, we take shortcuts. We we sometimes do things that we shouldn't to people that don't deserve it. Yeah, I don't need to find so much joy and empowerment from doing those things anymore. Got it. Alrighty. Um, you briefly brought up your military background. What was that experience like? What did you learn from it? What did you get from it? And what are the negative points of it? I think that's where the suppressing issue came from because you can't really speak like you want to. So I used to have this habit of just like biting my lip to the point where it sometimes would bleed in an effort to shut up. <laughs> because wow. I'm tip I was I was once one of those people that were like, you say something, I'm gonna speak up. Like, no, I'm not gonna get bullied or anything like that. I'm not that guy. But in that those situations, you are forced to be that guy. So I really not gonna say it was terrible for me. I do think that they deserve more, especially veterans, they deserve more like from the VA and everything than they get. They just use and abuse. I find that so frustrating and it makes me angry because you got these people who like go overseas, some of them don't even make it back to fight in wars that has doesn't affect them in no way, shape, or form. Like we went to Iraq to kill people who pretty much were victims themselves. We went there for oil. That's the truth in the matter. People should be charged with war crimes, but here we are nothing and we always want to have our head up high like we're just this superior country and I'm pretty sure you go somewhere else and they'd be looking at us like damn fools especially after the last four years like seriously it's embarrassing let me ask you like this uh, really personal question how does one feel once you know you're enrolled and once you're on your you're on your way there and you start to understand all these things and do you understand them once you're on the ground or do you understand them you know in hindsight because hindsight is always 2020 right so do you like understand these things once you enroll and you know what you're you know you know that you're ready or you think you're ready for these things and that you're ready to you know do what you got to do to survive and to protect quote unquote and uh then you realize that this shit is just about oil and money or do you like realize that afterwards when I enrolled, I joined, I was 17. So at that point, I wasn't mentally thinking about anything like that. I remember it was the first time we touched ground. It was at night, and we was doing a drill where we was like, I couldn't see anything. I was in the sand and had this heavy rucksack on. I left a week after I graduated high school. 
Oh, damn. So I'm sitting there and I just started crying. <laughs> I, did, I was so scared. Uh, at that very moment, I knew I fucked up, <laughs> as they would say. Mm. Uh, but no, I, I didn't really understand why I was there, honestly, until late after I came out with that understanding, like, this is the reason why we're here. And I don't agree with it. And somebody needs to answer for it. Then I realized, like, no one's going to answer for it. The thing that got me was, like I said, you have these people who are privately stricken and you send them over here to kill and abuse and pillage and take from people who are in the same situation. And I think that is the most unfortunate thing of everything. It's like you're just repeating a, a cycle of abuse. And I kind of look at that situation as my life in general. Hurt people hurt people. So. Mm-hmm. It's just a cycle of abuse. I feel victimized, so I'm just like, okay, you hurt me this way, I'm hurt you this way. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting. Let's go back to that first night. So you land and you realize your shit is real. So how do you take it from there? How do you find the strength to keep going on? What kind of decisions do you make? Are you like, you know, ready to go back and, and live a different life? Or are you like, well, now I'm here, so I got to survive and I got to do what I got to do. You don't really have a choice but to deal with it. You don't have options. I wish it was a way that you could reflect and be like, okay, I did a trial. I didn't like it. I'm done. Mm. No, you signed up for years so years. So if you have to do what they basically tell you to do or they're going to screw you over. So it's like you have no choice. Um, it's kind of like modern day slavery and to mm-hmm. some extent. So what's what's the energy like? Because you just landed and there are obviously, you know, other soldiers who were on the ground. How do you, you know, connect and how do you feel like the energy was at that time? That being 16 years ago is kind of really hard to think. Yeah, I remember being nervous. I remember tension so high. It wasn't no turning back at that point. So mm. that's pretty much how I felt about it. Wow, that's that's super hard to, to deal with, especially at that age where, you know, you haven't graduated that life. <laughs> you yes. know, you're just... You're a young dude, you're um, looking for a new opportunity, looking probably to, you know, to serve your country and whatnot. And then you land there and, you know, realize you've made a mistake basically and there is no going back. So now you got to fight for your freedom basically. So that's why you probably said it was modern day um, slavery, right? Because you got to push through and hope that it works out in the end. And so, right, Um, it's it's crazy, man, because... You know, those the, those ain't the things that, you know, uh, they put on TV, right? It's like, right. oh, these guys are protecting our country and they love doing it. And um, they're, you know, uh, let's salute them. And yeah, you can salute them, but most of them are basically held hostages, right? In a sense, yes, they are held hostage. And also they are, the people who stay in oftentimes are people who are scared to venture out into back into like civilian life Mm. and so you end up with these people who aren't the smartest 
I mean, they might have a, a tactically and all this other stuff, but from experience, you can learn different things. But I feel like the ones who go along to get along are the ones who actually get promoted. You know, it's, it's all like a political game. Even with that, no matter where you at, if they like you, you'll advance. If they don't, you'll go down, you know? So honestly, it's been so long ago since I was there. It was so long. So it's how long were you, How long did you stay in there? Eight years. Okay, got it. That shit is deep, man, but kudos to you for, you know, making the right choices, getting out of there uh, in a timely fashion and, and, yeah, being able also to pick up the pieces and trying to rebuild yourself and rebuild your everything. Like you said, your confidence, your your, your spiritual side uh, that we haven't mentioned yet and that we should probably talk a little bit about. Where are you at with that? I don't want to say I don't believe in quote unquote white Jesus. I'm not an atheist. I do. I am very spiritual. Mm-hmm. I just don't think somebody woke up one day and said, let there be light and water and wine. And yes, you know, I just, like, he took all that time to write that book or have somebody write it for him and immaculate conceptions and all this other stuff. Like, it's like a fantasy. It felt like sci-fi. But people, you know, if that's what they believe in, I support it. I had someone, a driver, I told him that I was on Wellbutrin because I was trying to take my medication and I was looking through my bag. He was like, what kind of medication is that? I'm like, Wellbutrin from like anxiety and depression and stuff like that. He was like, you ever try just praying about it? And he's for 30 minutes, this man sat here and told me that God can fix everything. Just pray and my mental illness will go away. And I'm thinking like, I told him I had diabetes. I wonder what he told me not to take my insulin and just pray about it. I was mm. so offended. And it, it aggravates me to no end when people try to like say things like that. Like, try this and stand. Try walking and exercising. And because I let someone talk to me out of taking my medication, before in doing so I almost committed suicide so it was like I get so angry when people say stuff like that but spiritually I do believe that I wouldn't be where I'm at without somebody looking out for me somehow Um, I don't know exactly who what or where that person is he or she Um, I'm appreciative and I find myself like when I'm in distress I don't say God I say Please. I just, I don't even name it. I just talk to it. It's weird. <laughs> this person, this entity, I guess. Even if it's just like a figment of my imagination, everything's just science. I still just find comfort in speaking to someone and just hoping that they hear me and it's not another episode of psychosis. <laughs> that is what my thoughts are on spirituality. I feel like everybody thoughts, feelings, and beliefs are valid. Um, you should never take nothing away from that but you should never like try to use that to downplay or tell someone like let's pray about your cancer and it'll go away like I hate when people do stuff like that mm-hmm. just, I don't have no patience or tolerance for it like you cannot pray away things it just don't work like that i feel like people use that um in order to avoid taking responsibility for their actions and it's yes it's so whack man it's like yeah like i personally believe in god but obviously i take responsibility for each and every one of my actions because you know uh if you you're being shitty to other people or if you're um not putting in the work then don't expect prayers to 
you know bring food to your home so you cannot also expect like god to just heal you when you're not taking your medication in a sense right from the time of 17 till like 31 i found myself in back-to-back relationships I never had time to work on myself. I was always kind of like invested into that actual individual to the point where when it ended, I always found myself in this place of limbo because I'm like, oh my God, my peers are doing this type of stuff. And all I've been doing was trying to make this happen with this person. And I, relationships just not for me. <laughs> I just came to that conclusion. Like I was like, I'm good on actual relationships because I find more fulfillment out of setting goals and achieving those things and being able to be creative and a free spirit and go and come as I please. Not having to answer to anyone. Like a nomad. It's invigorating to know that I could wake up and just catch a flight somewhere and I don't have to tell anybody nothing. I could just go. You know, I think when I started putting that energy into myself, I actually started feeling whole. But it wasn't until I decided that no, I want to be by myself that I truly felt like I was complete. Right. That's deep, man. When you realize that you're the only one responsible for your own well-being and wholeness, then, you know, you start putting that energy into yourself and investing in yourself way more than investing into everything that's around you. It pays up, like, well, really well, you know? Uh, whereas, like, in, on the other hand, if you do it otherwise, like you said, if you put that, that much work into something else, then it's still... It doesn't depend on you. Like the, the, the outcome that isn't solely dependent on you. It depends on how that person is feeling and their mind state and what they're looking for and whatnot. And it, th- that's too much actually to take into account. And so in the end, there is no better way than to just invest in yourself. And eventually you can st- stumble upon people with the same mind state. I honestly find zero fulfillment these days and companionship. Mm, I have no okay. desire for it. I know it mm. sounds weird. I just don't. No, no, I get it because I was there. So I totally get it. Like he said, like you wake up, you don't have to tell anyone anything. You just do your thing and walk your own path. Yeah, it's just so I just feel like, okay, I just spent damn near 15 years in relationships. I think I need 14 years by myself. Let me have those 14 years alone. Let me have those 14 years by myself, see what I can do with it. Me holding on to what I feel they did, it was a reason or a way for me to hold on to them because I had nothing else to hold on to but the hurt, the pain. Mm. And that was because I always want to let them go. But now I'm okay. I accept that they're gone. Wish them well. You know, if we never see each other again, order under the know, bridge. There you go. So I think that me constantly like, this is where I was at. This is how I felt. This, that, and the other. At some point, when are you going to stop? Jesus Christ, I'm tired of telling the story. And by being tired of telling that story, I think I actually realized like, okay, why are you still telling it? Let's examine that. Why are we still discussing something that happened over two years ago at this point? Why? I'm sure that person's not waking up thinking about you. Why are you still thinking about this individual? And I think I'm happier now accepting that they're gone and moving on. Super interesting, uh, man. Before we go, uh, I have this one question. And I love asking my guests, how did you feel about answering all these questions about our conversation? How did it make you feel? And what would you want to leave our listeners with? 
It was actually very easy. You ask poignant questions and you leave room for the individual to fully express and get out what they're trying to say. It's not a moment where we're just talking over each other. You actually bring people on to listen and understand opposed to take over the conversation or oppose your opinions and thoughts within there. You know, you definitely like, if you do not agree or you think otherwise, respectfully, you you know, you'll say this and other, but it's not to a point where it's a debate. It's like, you have your opinion, this is mine. The only thing we got into that point, but just from talking to you, it's very easy going. I can tell that you're really good at this and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I think within talking to you and doing this conversation, I realized how I want to do future conversations or interviews or things of that nature because oftentimes I trip over my words and I didn't really trip over them this time. So that's a good thing. And I think I need credit for that. Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing me on. Man, it's, Thank you. it's been a pleasure. It was deep. It was interesting. It was enlightening. You dropped so many gems. And, you know, I think a lot of people can hear this and relate to your story, probably not through the same experiences, but through, you know, going through the same traumas or difficult situations in life. And just by listening to you and how you went through them and how you managed to go past them is just so inspiring. So thank you so much for allowing me to have this chat with you, man. I really, really appreciate it. Appreciate you as well, man. I wish you all the best. If for people who want to check out my audio drama, it's not a traditional podcast. It's actually through storytelling. Each individual episode details my experience through work and also my mental state going through these different situations as I try to heal. Yes, it's on Simplecast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, SoundCloud, YouTube. Just type it in Google search you'll find it more than likely. It's called The Wolf Among Sheep. You type in podcast because it's several variations. So if you type in The Wolf Among Sheep podcast, you should be able to find it. I hope to speak with you again. I hope soon. Man, uh, me too. I look forward to season two, bro. I know you told me it's coming and it's going crazy. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that, man. When is it dropping again? Um, season two drops September because this process takes months. I literally have like a production team of 20 people. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah, crazy. it takes... Yeah, it takes a long time because this is not fictional. Nothing in this is like elaborate, exaggerated, or, you know, may seem bigger or smaller for the sake of awe and gas, uh, shock value. None of that is true. Everything I have, like, so I had to go through receipts. I had to go through, like, I take pictures, screenshots, uh, everything. So to make sure that I detail each conversation correctly, I might be like, okay, they said it this way. And if I do change anything, it's just the location, I give them a wacky name. So. Oh, that's it. Mm. All righty, man. Um, well, there you have it, folks.